Wanna whisper in your ear that you're, that you're good enough I wanna change the way you see you, you're strong enough Say them not know that you got more than meets the eyes And them not see you making stride after stride so today literally marks the day on the head um, where my mom was pronounced as no longer being on the planet. And um, I was thinking like, oh my goodness, um, how am I going to feel? I didn't know how I was going to feel today, if I was going to feel like doing a podcast, if I was going to just feel like sitting in the bed and eating ice cream all day. <laughs> I was really just kind of like paying attention to my own feelings so that I could tend to myself, you know. And the moment some of the feelings came up, I started to realize like, you know what? There were such good times, you know. I just put my hand to my heart and I started to think about all of the good times that we have had together. Some of the things that my mother imparted into me Oh my gosh, they come out so much. As a matter of fact, the older I get, the more I realize that, you know, I laugh like my mother. I <laughs> I sound like her when I say certain things, you know, and um, I love that. I, I really love that. You know, we went through some, some amazing times together. We went through some really tough times together. And one of the ways that you know that you are healing is when you can look back and you have a smile on your face. Of course, the pain, the loss, you know, there will always be um, an acknowledgement of the loss that is there. But um, when you start to heal, you can have a smile and you can say, you know what? Oh, I still love this person. I still love what this person um, imparted into my life. And so I am so thankful today for um, just the goodness of God and giving me the mom that he gave. Was everything perfect? Absolutely not. <laughs> there were some times where, you know, we, we butted heads. There were some times where I felt neglected. There were some times where she felt neglected. But I am grateful for the experience that God um, has given to me in the form of my mom. You know, all of the experiences, the things that have made me stronger, the things that have made me the woman that I am today have really, really mattered to me. So um, I cherish them. Now, one of the things that we have been discussing over the past two episodes actually is perfectionism. And it has, listen, it has like really dug up a lot of things. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be doing a few lives just talking about perfectionism and helping us dig ourselves out of the hole of perfectionism. This episode is called Killing Me Softly because there are sides of ourselves like the perfectionist side that we get, we get really irritated with. Yeah, we get so irritated when the behavior modification is not working. Now, in the last episode, I shared with you not a list of things that you need to do, but just a list of things that you need when we're talking about um, that, that wound of rejection. And so I did it that way because when we start to look at a list of do's or a list of don'ts, we start to push ourselves towards 
behavior modification. And behavior modification does not really work well. When we focus on our behaviors and try to shift them and, you know, try to move them into, you know, not eating this and not eating that or not doing this or not thinking about ourselves in a certain way any longer. When we push ourselves to do that from an external point of view, it doesn't last very long. Now, I know what we have learned. If you do something over 21 days, it's going to become a habit and then you're always going to be doing that. And yes, that can work. But if you shift yourself from an external level, you are not going to really fully see change. Real change comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. It works with the mindset And then you'll begin to see change. Sometimes change has to come after healing. So you cannot go into this phase of shifting how you do what you do without healing. As I said, these things in our lives that are underground like roots, they will come up and they will destroy the foundation of what you are trying to build, right? And so I just want to encourage you to make sure that as you begin making changes, as you begin making shifts, that you make them from the inside out. Now, I titled this Killing Me Softly because we don't want to (laughs) murder ourselves and sometimes we do. I mean, we don't we don't want to just kill ourselves off because sometimes behavior modification it starts to make us um cut off certain sides of who we are. And so along with, you know, cutting off this perfectionism thing and cutting off this or that or cutting off the pain that it caused, when we do that, we lose a little bit of ourselves, right? So here, as we begin to make changes, we just want to get rid of the things that don't serve us, the habits that don't serve us, the the part of our voices that come to criticize us. Those are the things that we want to get rid of. Those are the things that we want to deal with, right? And the only way we can really deal with us is through embracing who we really are, embracing what we have become. One of the issues that a narcissistic person has is an inability to embrace who they are and what they've become or what they have done. It is a illness, it is an illness of <laughs> self-awareness, right? And when we're not aware of ourselves or when we refuse to be aware of ourselves, we start to neglect what needs to shift in our hearts, right? So narcissism has a lot to do with not just an unwillingness of being aware of ourselves. And so I don't want you to take narcissistic tendencies <laughs> into your shifting, right? Because perfectionism, we try to um, deal with everything externally 
so that we don't have to really acknowledge. But the key to to shifting these things within ourselves is literally acknowledging where I am. Acknowledge that I have these tendencies. I have a tendency to try to make everything look perfect and sit with it, right? Sit with it. Sit with that side of you and give the side of you that wants everything to be perfect, give that side of you some attention, (laughs) Give it some grace. Look into it and see like, wait a minute. Why am I trying to make everything so perfect? You can only deal with what's going on in your heart by actually listening to what your heart has to say, right? And so when you're dealing in perfectionism and you're trying to make everything look perfect, your heart is actually saying, hey, you know, I experienced pain by not being perfect in the past. That's what your heart is really saying. So how do I deal with this persona that I have built? I have to listen. I have to listen to that. I have to listen to those cries for acceptance, those cries for validation, those cries for attention. I have to listen to it. This is not going to come through having, you know, a romantic partner that gives you all of the attention and validation that you need. It just doesn't happen that way. And sometimes we think if I find the perfect romantic partner, they are going to make sure that all of my rejection is taken away. And yes, we do need people around us to help us to deal. First, to point out those areas, right? We had to have people around us that we can trust, people that we loved. It it can be a, a professional to begin with because your therapist, your coach, your counselor often becomes the nucleus of your healthy uh, relationship, right? So um, that counselor, that therapist is the first person that can be healthy in your life so that you can start building other healthy relationships, right? So when you find that person, they're going to offer that validation. They're going to help you to feel better about you. They're going to point out those areas where you are um, trying to be perfect, trying to tend to your image. But the real healing doesn't come until you start to embrace that person yourself. And sometimes you need, most of the time, you need other people around you that embrace that person. And they give you a model of embracing yourself. And so you have moments where you get to embrace the perfectionist within you. I know. (laughs) I know. We're not going to get rid of the perfectionist within us until we give that perfectionist a hug, right? You cannot deal with the wound of rejection by rejecting yourself or by rejecting the fact that you're trying to be perfect. We won't get rid of the wound in that way. The only way we can start to get rid of that wound is to embrace ourselves the way that those people who love us unconditionally embrace us. Embrace the fact that I'm trying my best to be perfect. So take a few moments right now and close your eyes. Now, if you're driving, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I want you to look inward. I want you to look inward at that perfectionist. And I want you to embrace the part of you that keeps tending to your image. Embrace her. And lately I've gotten some male clients, which has been blowing my mind. Embrace him. <laughs> Embrace that part of yourself. And, and like literally give it an internal hug. Like I see you. I see you. I see that you want everything to be perfect. I see that you want to be in control. You don't want to feel the pain of rejection again. So I'm not going to reject you, right? And you continue to embrace you as much as you can. And you continue to allow those people that you trust around you, allow them to embrace you as well. Embrace that side of you. Confess to the people that you trust, you know what? I think I'm a perfectionist. Because what you don't want to do is get yourself to a place, right? <laughs> Especially in leadership. When you are such a perfectionist that nothing that you say or do is wrong. I have watched countless leaders get into the space where their perfectionism becomes a tyrant, when your perfectionism becomes a tyrant, everyone around you is wrong and you are always right. That's why when we, that perfectionism starts to step into narcissism, right? We start to go into having narcissistic tendencies. And then if we don't shift those things, then we start to manifest full on narcissism because now I'm at the height of my position as business owner. I'm at the height of my position as pastor or whatever it is. I am the head person in charge, right? <laughs> and so because I am the head person in charge, everything and everyone else is wrong. And the way that I see things is right. I've seen it so many times where leaders play to this perfectionism thing until they start to manifest narcissism. So we've got to deal with this perfectionist side of ourselves or we're headed into a space that is mm, 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 not so good, right? So killing me softly is about eliminating some of these perfectionist tendencies because if we don't eliminate these pieces that are unhealthy, then we're going to move into, it's just going to grow. We're going to move into this narcissistic mindset, right? Where I am right and everyone else is wrong. Where, um, and there are so many different types of narcissism. Maybe I need to do some episodes on <laughs> the different kinds of narcissism. But there are many ways where people start to express narcissism. They express it through, you know, um, um, covert ways where they express it through pulling on your empathy masterfully, right? We pull on people's empathy empathy and how they feel bad for us and feel like they have to help us. And if they don't, then there's a problem with them. It's not a problem with us taking responsibility for our own lives. Oh my God, narcissism runs so deep, but it starts out with perfectionism. 
I have seen business leaders get up in their business meetings and just (laughs) that perfectionism thing. Everything has to look right and oh my God, everything is amazing and the business is failing. But that business owner can't even see it because their way is perfect. I have seen pastors get up and beat their audiences, (laughs) their congregations, because I'm right and everyone else is wrong. I am God's chosen and the rest of you are pew sitters, right? I've seen it. And so this image keeping thing, this perfectionist thing starts to teeter into narcissism. And ooh, it's really hard to deal with someone whose mindset is narcissistic because everything you say to that person is not their fault. It's actually your fault that you're seeing it and you need to deal with yourself because of the fact that you see what you see in me. Ooh, it is, it runs deep, okay? So let's embrace this perfectionist side of ourselves. Give that side of yourself the love that he or she needs. Give yourself an embrace. And hey, you don't have to be perfect anymore. You don't have to share, you know, show the whole world, share with everyone how perfect you are. Pay attention to when those perfectionist ways pop up and you're trying to make sure that you look a certain way. So funny. Um, I can't remember which one of my um, my family members, they would tell this story about one of my family members. I cannot remember which one, and I'm so glad because I don't want to embarrass nobody. But one of my family members, they would go into the bathroom, right? Turn on the shower and just be sitting in the bathroom, you know, looking in the mirror, doing all these things. And everyone thinks that, you know, that person was in there taking a shower. <laughs> Now, of course, when they came out, everyone knows you didn't take no shower, (laughs) but the shower being on, that is to let everybody know that I'm in here taking a shower even when I'm not. That's what a perfectionist does. I'm I'm doing what you think I'm, I'm, I'm pretending to do what you think I'm doing. Why? So I can have your acceptance. But when you come out of that shower, when you come out of pretending that you're doing everything, (laughs) we can see it. We can see it. We can smell it. We can smell it on your attitude that you're really not what you keep trying to project. So the way that we deal with this is we embrace this side of ourselves. And the external, the keeping up with the external vision, the projection that we want people to see, that will begin to die off. It'll begin to slowly die off as we start to embrace this side of ourselves. We'll be killing off those places within our hearts that have been so rejected that they, they scream for the attention. They scream for the validation. 
We don't need to be in that space. We need to allow that side of ourselves to just kind of dwindle down and go. But it's going to come through unconditional acceptance, as I said before. We need it from other people, but we also need it from ourselves. Yes? Now, we don't want to do this all alone. We don't want to say, well, I've got all the unconditional love I need from the people that are around me. That's great. But you also need to cultivate this unconditional acceptance of yourself, right? It's, a, it's something that has to be working together. So my acceptance, my unconditional, overwhelming acceptance of myself has to be working in tandem with unconditional, overwhelming love and acceptance from others. And when you put those two things together, now we are on the road to somewhere. And progress is our main goal. Listen, you know I love you. I appreciate the time that you sit and work on yourself, the time that you take to feed your heart. I'm so proud of you. And I am here. You don't have to do these things on your own, whether you are trying to figure out if it's time for a divorce, whether you're trying to figure out if it's time to start a business, how to raise your children. You don't have to do those things on your own. I'm here. Go to iqueenup.com, press on work with LaShawn, and let's sit together. Let's have some sessions where we can start moving your life forward in the right direction. We'll talk soon. I'm really looking forward to it. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you next week. Love cannot help but to drive fear from its roots in you. You are loved. You are loved. But you don't need anybody's validation. You got your own.